0: Welcome to the Mere Empowerful Podcast, where we believe in going far by going together. Hello, Meerkats. Welcome to another episode of the Empowerful Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Pape.
1: And I'm Rebecca Pape. It's
0: good to be with you.
1: Today we sit down with Jared Truby, the co-founder of Cat and Cloud Coffee out of Santa Cruz. And they are a really fun, approachable, vibrant um, coffee and coffee roasting company, wouldn't you say?
0: I would say so indeed.
1: Jared is such an optimistic guy. He is a former US barista uh, champion finalist. Um, He is full of energy. He invented the one and one if you're familiar with that espresso drink.
0: It's kind of a deconstructed, latte or cortado so to speak.
1: And he and his team are um, just passionate about changing the specialty coffee scene. They want to make it more approachable for all and um, Jared also has a really strong commitment to company culture and values which is something that um, that we share um, here at Mir.
0: Yeah they do an incredible thing where they take uh, a lot of their team members to origin trips. Uh, They get to go and, and meet some of the farmers that they work with Uh, that they build long relationships with. So uh, that was very inspiring as well. And uh, yeah, we hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as we did.
1: Yeah, it's fun to uh, hear from Jared and we will get going without further ado. (laughs)
0: Let's go. Jared, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for uh, taking time to be with us. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Jared, you are the co-owner of Cat and Cloud Coffee in Santa Cruz Coffee husband father extraordinaire outdoor adventure crossfitter so much to get into on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i really want to know where did cat and cloud come from what, what's the name from that's like our like yeah if you're watching this you can see Beck's amazing Tumblr. There are, there's like whiz bangs and flowers and cats and clouds.
1: A very colorful brand. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, we, let's just jump into that. it. Yeah. How? What's uh? What's behind? What's behind the name?
2: All right. So uh, you know, w- one of my best buds, Christopher George Baca. He, uh, people all know Chris Baca from his YouTube videos, and he and I got into breeze competitions and became friends back in, gosh, two thousand eight, two thousand ten. He and I started working together actually late 2009. And we started a coffee, I guess, blog at the time, right around when we invented the the drink called the one-in-one, we launched uh, a video and on our page at the time, we were called truebaca.com, com. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, totally. <laughs> our friend, Julia Mayer, who owns Dune Coffee in Santa Barbara, oh, yeah, who also right. uses your yes, fantastic project Dune, products. Yeah. Same. Uh, she, Gosh, we were both working at Verve. She was opening. They used Verve Coffee to begin their company before they started roasting. She did an art show of Chris and myself as many different characters, like Portafilter holding hands with a French press, uh, (laughs) Octopus holding hands with a lobster, and just like all these little caricature fun plays, one of which is the original logo to Cat and Cloud. So she drew myself as a cloud and Chris as a cat. And we liked it so much. We were like, hey, can we use this? this logo for our com, you know, blog with our little videos and whatever we were doing at the time. And she said, sure. And so that was where the logo came from. And you fast forward to, you know, late 2015, when we're starting our our online business, we're trying to figure out a name. We went through so many different bad names as you probably experienced yourself. trying oh, yeah. to figure out a got a company some, name. Yeah, yeah. I've
0: got some, That's just
1: like part of the process, right? Probably for most. It's got to be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we were trying to come up with something that, was playful like you you said earlier but also it reflected more than just coffee like especially coffee especially back then was very rigid and we wanted to recognize <laughs> people as people and not people as the you know like the specialty coffee experience only and we want to be a bigger broader company than that and so we were throwing out so many different names didn't work and chris's wife was like Just be Cat and Cloud. That's what your logo's been since 2010. And we're like, (laughs) oh, man. And it was literally serendipitous. Yeah, it was one of those where it was like, yes, yes. And then, you know, we texted Charles, uh, the third partner here. And we were like, hey, what about Cat and Cloud? And he's like, yep. So there was, you know, when you know, you know. And it was one of those. When you know, you know.
0: I love that. It's (laughs) true. Were you on the blog spot? The blogosphere, man. Those were the
2: days. Blogs, Tumblers. (laughs) 2010 home of the wordpress <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, wordpress was
0: like the best and worst thing ever like they're like it's so easy and then you get into the code and you just like mess something up and it was just a total disaster and it was such a pain yeah. in the butt and then squarespace and shopify and all these easy platforms popped up and they're like this is actually easy
1: but so, yeah, there's nothing no really doubt. cloudy about you so why are you the cloud
0: yeah you're like a yeah, yeah, sunshine. good question <laughs>
2: uh thank you thank you uh cloud uh, i do a lot of the dreaming and the innovation for our company and he and i always work together in that way so i had i would be the one who had all these crazy big ideas and as did he but his one of his strengths is taking these big crazy eccentric ideas and helping me synthesize them into simple uh, approaches and so he and i have this really awesome symbiotic relationship like that where you know, uh, we both want the same things and our pursuit of how we get there is completely different. And so that's, that's been really fun where it's like, we'll both be saying the same thing, but our process is absolutely yin and yang. So it's been really fun to, to just explore that. So that's why I've been the cloud. I've always been kind of a big idea, big dreamer person.
1: Yeah, that's cool. And so tell us what Captain Cloud's like early days were like.
2: Right. Uh, okay. So whether the world knows this or not, you know, Chris and I have been in Specialty coffee for a very long time. In 2008, he won the Western Regional Breest Competition. 2012, I won it. And we both have been in the national finals. So we did Breest competition stuff and just company development. Um, I helped. I was the first employee at Verve Coffee. So we went through this process together he was at ritual at the early years of just experiencing specialty coffee and experiencing it being kind of a closed place right mm-hmm. you 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 never felt really accepted into the fold unless you were kind of a jerk <laughs> is what a lot of in early days you had to be a jerk to be in
1: yeah that's
0: so. Why, we, why we weren't was really that?
2: about that uh great question we weren't uh, we never got it so we that's where insert us right yeah, like, yeah. weird skater counterculture to coffee which was counterculture to life at the time yeah it was like we both met each other and just kind of felt it wasn't inclusive even though it was trying to be somehow i don't know it was weird so it was finding itself it was young it was what it was and we just wanted to do more especially coffee is important all the processes the connection holistically to farmers which we'll get into i think later but all of that was important but so is the service aspect and the ability to connect with your community on a real level and we always thought the idea of rising tide lifts all boats meaning the more people we can get to connect to specialty coffee even if they buy the worst specialty coffee every farmer overseas is going to benefit minimum and then you could just you can you can start unpacking that in your own head it's like great yeah we go from 200 people drinking specialty coffee to a thousand in your little local city i think that's good totally (laughs) so we thought service was important. Um, so with that, you know, we we also wanted to start a company that was values-based. Uh, we experienced a lot of companies getting into specialty coffee because they wanted to have the best coffee on earth and like wine and every other thing that's good. That's pretty subjective. Your favorite is your favorite and you should be able to stand behind your favorite. But your favorite is not the best objectively for anybody, even with the point scoring system we have. It doesn't go to 100 even though it goes to 100. It's like... And there's find reasons for all that we just wanted to be able to deliver our favorite coffee in a way that was caring and we wanted to take our business and almost utilize it as a, a mix between school and work where no matter what happened the people who came left better and one of the things we'd like to say is we'd love for people to be able to say i worked at cat and cloud on a resume and we've already experienced this people will be like oh i don't even need to interview you You're, you can work here mm. and we've had that So that, to me, is a sign of success that we would love to continue. And then, gosh, I mean, I'm going long-winded, but hear me out. It's important for most people to recognize that you don't have to stay at a job forever to be a a beneficial contribution to the world and the organization. Like the idea that any business would expect you to stay at such a level where it's negative if you leave, stay forever, or you're not, you know, you're not... I don't know leaving positively is is not right we don't believe so we want to we want people to be better whether they stay here for 3 months for 8 years we want to make sure that, that their time here has been in terms of growth and that they they make the world a better place in the way that they want to so many people are exploring they don't know what they want between the ages of tw- like dude 20 to 30 yeah <laughs> is such a significant leap but 20 30 to 35 is even like the same significance in when what you know so i just don't expect people to to commit and I want them to not feel that pressure too. We just want to help them be better than when they came here. I love that. Yeah, we... we so
0: we, that's kind of how it went. We aspire to, to somewhat do that. I think about people uh, who who come and go from the organization that like if we had a reunion party or a 10-year anniversary party, uh, the alum would like come back. You know, it would be like they had such a great experience. They left on, their, on good terms. And even if it was like a tough transition because um, it wasn't the right fit, or the right role or whatever it is, that we would do so in such a way that hopefully you know when we throw a party they'd want to come be a part of it you know and i think that's really it's it's an amazing attribute to like want to shoot for it's very difficult to to achieve in reality super hard uh, but that's i love that what are, what are some of the values of, of cat and cloud like what do you get what do you constant what's the language around cat and cloud what do you talk about
2: yeah so you know our 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 general mission has been in in full transparency we have come to this place where we refine them to make this message even clearer, but you don't get to hear it because our whole team gets to hear it in like two weeks. Love it. Love it. Uh, ish. So I'm going to say what we've started and founded this whole company on. And while it's true, there's a clearer message out there that we're about to deliver that takes everything you're about to hear and makes it make more sense. But our mission is to change the way the world does business. I'm sorry. Our vision is to change the way the world does business through leaving people happier than we found them. Uh, you'll notice I said leave people better than you found them, yep. so that you might have heard yep. is, as is a part an important part of this uh, new reform here. Uh, and then our value system is is in terms of the most important one is to believe in our process, believe in in all the mistakes we're going to make in trying to pursue all of that. You know, doing anything requires hard work. It requires trial and error. It requires requires research mm-hmm. and development. It requires attempts, and it's not going to be perfect. So you know, to believe to To have care around yourself and and enough to take care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, to be able to walk through the process. Leadership's important to us. Uh, ownership in terms of taking ownership of what we all do, indivi- as individuals in our organization, um, and then we we do this thing we call it the show, and that's essentially like this idea of we want what we do to be entertaining when we are when we are entertaining and and putting on a show everybody recognizes they they play a vital piece no matter how they feel about their piece you know like the the smallest role in a in a show in a in a movie in a opera anywhere you know like it's valuable still and we want people to see that their value is here no matter what and when we all work together that we get to put on this thing that people you know whatever you see hamilton everybody talks about hamilton and they don't always talk about the really small supporting roles, but without the supporting roles, Hamilton isn't Hamilton. And so that's just a really core belief that everybody's contribution matters. Uh, And that's, that's the general sense of our company. Continue learning, growth, betterment, pursuit of best. (laughs) How do you, I love that. How do you, do you, have you found out ways to, to
0: measure that? Or, you know, I think, um, you know, we're, we're always trying to figure out how do you how do you measure some of the values you know because it's so difficult because sometimes they're more just the soft skills right um have you found
2: I ways agree. to measure that uh yeah so i mean in some capacities 100 percent, and then in some capacities we're speaking now to what you don't get to know about which is we need to refine them to make them clearer mm-hmm. uh so that people can fully grasp them right so full transparency you'll notice that i said better versus happier happier can can put this idea of sunshine and rainbows and I'm not allowed to have hard days. I'm not allowed to express myself because I'm supposed to be happy. Mm. And, and even through this process while we've kept that, it's like, Hey, whenever you've gone through something hard and you've learned and you've grown, are you proud of yourself? What does proudness feel like? Does that feel like happier? And oftentimes it's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah. So you did something super hard that was uncomfortable that didn't necessarily feel good in the moment and then you were proud and happier because you went through it so there's you know this there's ways that we've needed to work on this other things that are more specific and simple yeah i mean you know coffee quality or just or leadership meaning that you know you you actually make people around you better there's some metrics for that sure but but when those are more values around decision making, there are more specificity, like subcategories that needed to go into some of these. So, this the short answer is yes, for the most part, there's measurables and some places there were not. And we needed to see that over three years of, you know, working on this. Totally.
1: Yeah. The, it's the, hard. The, it is hard. The language is so critical. I mean, you talk about the difference between the word happy and the word better. And and those distinctions are really important because when you get it right it does allow the employee to connect directly to that value but when you get it wrong and you know they want to look toward i think in times of i don't know crisis or struggle you would hope that your employee would say to him or herself well what are our company's values and have that be like a a way of guiding you back to like the core of whatever whatever that is. And if the words aren't right then they can't do that. So I'm excited that you guys are refining and rolling, you know, rolling a new thing out for for your people.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. I, you're you're dead on. It's, it's and and the cool thing is is people do lean on them, but if there is as you learn, if there are places where somebody's interpretation of a value because you haven't covered it in its full scope could go based on their interpretation against another one, that's where you you have to start looking at it and be like, oh, that's not what we meant, but you're absolutely right. That's <laughs> our fault. And we need to look at that. And our our point is not to tell you that you're wrong in the moment. Our point is to be like, Yep, that makes sense. Your logic is sound. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a and and that's that's something that we have to learn. And, you know, three years old, long and short of it, is we have a lot to learn. We're doing something new. We've never done it before. So yeah,
0: do you think you learned any of that um, at Verve or just along the way? Because like I'm fascinated with the. Co- I think the coffee industry has done a really great job. Um, this is again just my perception; it could be completely off, but of uh, of kind of cultivating uh, individuals who want to go off and start their own company. And I'm I'm fascinated by that. You know, like so many people uh, were at Verve or Ritual and then have created these beautiful brands. And I'm curious, like, what is that mentality within specialty coffee that kind of allows for that? Um, kind of multiplication, so to speak.
2: Well, my friend, (laughs) I you're opening a funny one for me. (laughs) I actually don't think people are thinking it through. I think most people... I didn't want to start my own business. I wanted to do everything I could. And I truly went to Verve to make Verve the best company in the world. Uh, I think people severely underestimate what it takes to open a business. And they severely overestimate what they think they know about all of it and i i, I believe that there is a bel- like a legitimate lie that you're going to become rich and powerful if you open your own cafe for a lot of people then i can't speak for everybody so obviously i'm wrong in some capacity this is unfair to say if you're hearing this and you're like that's not me i understand that's not you but a lot of people open cafes because they were like, I'm a coffee professional. I got first place in the U S barista competition. I know everything about coffee and that's obviously uh, a hardcore, (laughs) I'm surmising a lot there, but I a hundred percent believe it's true. And I a hundred percent believe that businesses are out of business because they didn't take the time to look into what it means to run a business and to think about the reason behind it. So I do agree with you, especially coffee is booming. And everybody's opening cafes. I would also believe that a lot of them are struggling very, very badly, especially in COVID. And I, my heart goes out to them because there weren't enough mentors in the world to say, "Hey, let's let's take this slow. Don't just jump out because you know how to roast really good coffee and you have connections in the industry." Mm-hmm. There's something to be said about that. Uh, I do love the pioneering aspect of this. This, you know, this industry is whatever thirty-ish years old in 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 whole, maybe a little more. Yeah, but it's young. So I think there's also that necessity of going from what it's been to where it's going. And we're for sure in some sort of transition phase over the last few years where I think there isn't a lot of, there's not a lot of clear identity from my perspective, although there's a lot of cool expression and exploration. Mm,
0: interesting.
2: I know. Open up a whole can of worms. Not <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, there's I think it's I mean, cool. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's lots of great, great coffee. Um, There is a bit of a misnomer that if you open a cafe, you might make a ton of money. Um, And I just don't think that's uh, accurate.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I tell a lot of people who are interested in opening a business, I'm like, whatever you do, if you're going to open a business, you need to open it starting with what's it going to take for that business to allow you to walk away from it for an entire month and come back and it still be there? And what is that going to mean? Because there's no way in hell everybody out there running a business just wants to stand behind that counter for the rest of their lives. And I don't think when they start their businesses, they, they maybe see that. And that's where, if you want to be a great leader, you can't plan for, you have to plan to avoid burnout. You can't just go into it and be like, it's going to be fine. (laughs) Once you're burned out, everybody on your staff's burned out. Once your staff's burned out, you've got a poor performing cafe And then you're just living in a stress cycle. And I'm afraid for people who do that.
1: Have you experienced burnout yourself over the years?
2: Uh, uh, I burned out at other places because there wasn't clear missions, visions, and values. I have not burned out because of Cat and Cloud because I believe in the ability. I believe in our values. I believe where we're going. This has been super gnarly. But no, I won't won't burn out. I will be tired. But I also know what to do do for the most part in terms of getting my energy back
1: sure that's good
0: what what are some of the the tactics that you have used uh from transitioning from other places that you've been at where you burned out to at cat and cloud besides mission vision values you know these things that are crystal crystal clear like how do you, how are you empowering the people around you for you to you know hang out with your family or leave work at five and, and be comfortable with it
2: yeah i mean that's that's part of care that's an ongoing teaching process too for for younger folks right it's Sometimes the light bulb doesn't go on for others when they realize like they come to me and they'll be like, Hey, can I, what do you think? I'm going to take a vacation. And I just don't want to feel like I'm leaving everybody behind. And, and, and oftentimes my response is, is one, like, what would all the rest of your teammates say? What, you know, like what is making you question the idea of taking a vacation? And oftentimes like, Oh, they'd all say to go. But even beyond that, it's like, whatever you want to know, you have people here to support you. If you just ask them and plan ahead, For the things that you're worried about you can ensure that those things will be taken care of if we talk together if we work together and so if that means that you want your coordinator aka assistant manager to call you every wednesday to talk through something just to make you feel better if that's your thing ask them to do it and tell them what you would need to know to help you make sure that you can be relaxed on vacation uh if you want to have a staycation and it's hard for you to relax in town maybe i would suggest leaving town somewhere even like 20 minutes away to like camp because it'll let your brain turn off just weird things like that you know there's <laughs> yeah. th- there's ways of uh, we box ourselves in including myself in the past and you know you just sometimes need people to, to zoom you out a little bit if you're too zoomed into something you just it's hard to see any other any other directions isn't it isn't it kind of funny so how how, um, how serious we take
0: ourselves where we're like you know, I think I think across the board, we're like, oh, we have so much work to do. We don't want to let it slide, yada, yada, yada. And then you actually take that vacation and then you come back and everything's like mostly fine.
2: Like,
1: You're like, huh.
0: You're
2: like, huh. That was okay. Yeah. Everything turned out. Nobody needed me. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that when you get to do it? And all, yeah, I always tell them, I was like, hey, you're kind of the lifeguard. If the lifeguard drowns, everybody else does too. So you need to take care of yourself. Totally. Totally. So part of that's just leading by example and showing up when you need to show up and... Saying, hey, I'm going to be out of here and then, you know, don't, don't be in here when you're supposed to be out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if we've said this yet, but you guys are based in Santa Cruz. Is that right? True. Okay. True. And so tell us about your, a little bit about your operation, how many cafes you have. What a, it looks like you're in a warehouse right now. Um, and where you yeah, guys source is, this from? This is our
0: roastery. And, sweet. We yes. love the blue wall
2: yeah okay so we have now as of this year gosh the end of last year beginning of this year i don't know they're all the same at this point but uh we have four cafes one of which is is kind of the hybrid cafe full kitchen restaurant um we just launched as weird as this is we always wanted to have our own as weird as uh as maybe uh stereotypical as this is this the the breakfast burrito. You thought I was going to say avocado toast. That's the other stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> but we made a breakfast burrito. And I'm so proud of our team. We wanted to make one that we'd be excited about. And we are. It just... People are literally posting that it's the best one in town. And I'm... It's work cafe, coffee place. So that's really cool. Cause what we have a, a compliment. Lot of amazing yeah. places. I'm excited about that. But yeah, we have, we have three standard, you know cafes where you can go in typically not right now sit down one of which is really small we built it ourselves uh over on the east side of capital uh, by capitola in santa cruz then we have one in aptos all these towns touch each other if you've never been here so that it's like whatever it's like when you pass from la to somewhere south of la that's basically still la but they call it a different city <laughs> <laughs> Costa <to> mesa <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> then we then we have one over here on the west side right in the same huge building complex that i'm sitting in now um and then one downtown at like a little public market. So we have those, and then we have our, our roastery, and we do wholesale coffee with some partners. Um, one of the ones that everybody seems to know really well is Minotti's in L.A. We we work with them, and and they're such amazing people. That seems to be the one that everybody um, nicely you know poured latte art started up in Seattle. So there's there's that, and and we we try to take our partnerships. To a place beyond just providing them with good coffee. We really want to work holistically with them and help uh, offer all that we have to help with.
0: And all you do, I'm, That's I'm imagining coffee subscriptions on the website for sure these days. But of course, yes, but of course. Yes,
2: I forgot, we have web web presence. <laughs> <Great> <laughs> the web old presence. website. <laughs> Instagram, the usual.
0: <laughs> oh, I love there was a blog. Oh man, going back in time, the blog, the blogspot, the Tumblr, the Facebook, and now the Instagram. I do feel like Instagram is, is has some holding power though. Like it's it's kind of been around a little bit more relevant than uh, Blogspot or Tumblr. I don't know why.
2: Pictures, man. Pictures. We're all yeah. lazy. We like yeah. to look at pictures. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Twitter's out. It's just like I can't read. I don't want to read.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of reading on yeah, there. Yeah, I can't do Twitter. <laughs> Podcast listeners, the world is full of color and we're telling stories about it, stories of people and places we've encountered on our journey of empowering people for a better future as a brand. Today, head to mirror.com, order $60 worth of product, and get $10 off. Use the discount code PODCOLOR at checkout. That's P-O-D-C-O-L-O-R, all one word. You do not want to miss out on these colors. There are six. There's at least one shade for you, one hue for you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. And so you, Cat and Cloud really develops intimate relationships with your farmers, right?
2: Love to, especially Hond. Yeah. So that's that's the goal. So um, Honduras is where we have kind of really put down roots. Antigua as well in Guatemala, but really, truly like Honduras is a special place and we're looking to do what we do in Honduras everywhere so that we're not just kind of, not only buying, we have to go through importers no matter what, right? But we don't want to the relationships we want them to be our relationships not the importers relationships that we trust even though importers are amazing there's a difference between the mm-hmm. personal touch
0: and why, why honduras what was the what was the journey to kind of putting roots down uh, there for the relationships
2: yeah so back back in the verve days when this this guy Benjamín Paz, he he is the son and his family owns the san vicente dry mill which is essentially where um, in Santa Barbara on the Santa Barbara mountain up by Lake Yohoa there's a lot of amazing coffee and back in 2000 I'm going to say 11 10 one of those years um, Ritual bought coffee from him and used it in the Brees competition and did really well um, since then you've heard of coffees like Ocotillo and all those that won barista competitions maybe those are all from Santa Barbara mountain Anyway, back back in the Verve days, he, he came through when I was younger, made him coffee, et cetera, et cetera, and we connected, and he's just a really good human being. He cares about people, and when we started launching Cat and Cloud, we had only a subscription service before we got our SBA loans, and I reached out to him to see if he had any extra coffee because we'd become friends. He said yes, and then we send people to Coffee Origin Regions, so we've already sent like 32 or more people to Coffee Origin Regions. Um, so i picked for my trip i wanted to go to honduras with him with chris and so we went and we had these amazing connections and the difference between him is he's just an exporter so what he does is he receives all of the coffee and scores it alongside of the people who are going to buy it and then based on those two scores calibrated together kind of the average yields a price and that was cool because of the transparency but the next level is how much care he took he's he's genuinely like expanding and finding people who had sea coffee because they get a lot of commodity coffee there most of it is commodity coffee coming through san vicente micro mill so what he would do is he'd taste for quality and be like hey you guys have an opportunity whoever you are as a farmer uh you have an opportunity to invest because the quality is already good just based on your Tawar and, and all the basics if you do some of this that and the other and you're interested I can help liaise on you into relationships. And he started doing that way back in the day. And he's just grown it and grown it and grown it. And he has such a heart for these human beings that he he lives his life by helping provide for them. And and he loans them money to, to get seedlings. And it's just, it's true care. It's different than uh, importing company being like, I believe in you, go do it. And then, you know, when it gets better, we'll be able to sell it for more for you. And everybody wins. This is like, it's different. Like we can... He'll, he'll literally put out loans to these people and and coach them through the process of making coffee better. And so I fell in love with that and the people that we met. And we want to have those kind of relationships. So we bought depulpers for a couple of them to help. Not because it's cool for us, but because it's cool for them. $600 is like a couple days worth of profit tops for us where it's a whole year's worth of hopefully extra profit for them. Fingers crossed. So it, it's just different. That's that's why we love Honduran coffee. we have been—I've been back three years in a row now. That's the one place I personally will be invested in consistently forever. I'd like to spread that love throughout our company and let other people invest in other places.
1: That's awesome. That's really cool that you send employees there too. What? What is some? Um, what are some accounts of the uh, that those employees have shared upon their return, and you know how it's impacted them and their understanding of the work and the the supply yeah. chain. Yeah.
2: So there's, I mean, the consistent account is obviously how hard everybody works elsewhere compared to us when we assume Mm -hmm. we work hard. That's one. The other one is the genuine care of like the connection, right? The authentic connection of human to human. I can tell you all day how it feels to be there. It doesn't matter until you go. Like you could believe me even and you just don't have that response until you go and experience it. So... What happens is they get to come back and they get to share why it matters to purchase coffee from us and what happens when you do from their own mouth, not from my mouth, not from anybody else's mouth. And every time they're humbled, every time they want to go back, every time they want to do something more. And uh, we have a project launching in the near future where we are going to, you know, donate a dollar of every coffee sold to Honduras, specifically to the partners we work with to help in the future. Uh, and those are just all—they're true connections. So those are those are everybody has them. Then they also have fun. They get to go to a different country. A lot of them never have. A lot of them are like, I got to be a barista for two years, and they sent me to Costa Rica. Yeah. And we just get to put our money where our mouth is, and they get to come back and and talk about that. And it's not a vacation. It's it's work, and sure, yeah. it's also fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. What's that? What's that process like? Is it is it a certain amount of time that someone spends at the at the cafe, or is it uh, how do you go selecting that process?
2: Yeah, it's a combination of the amount of time. So you have to be here for at least a year, but also the combination of like seniority. So if you if you've gotten to leadership uh, and you've earned a leadership position, you you earn the right to go before other people, even if they have seniority, because you've you've worked really hard and become a leader and you're you're helping. And then beyond that, it is it's straight up seniority. and, And you all have to write in an essay to myself, Charles, Chris, the owner group and and talk about why you'd like to go and what you're hoping to learn and and beyond those straightforward, um, you know, the indicators of first and foremost, seniority plus leadership, right? So if four people wrote in there, we would take the essays and then pick, but we usually send two at a time uh, and we do it for everything that we go to typically as well. Like SCA, when we'd go, we'd always bring people. So some would opt out of origin trips to go to SCA because they wanted industry connection, uh, things like that. And it's all just sharing the experience so that people can speak. Love that. Mm-hmm. i I yearn for the days of travel again.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Brian and I have not personally been to Honduras, but we sent a team there in 2017, Mm -hmm. I believe it was, um, to a region called Limpira. And at the time we were, well, and we continue to work with a nonprofit called water first, but we were working with them specifically, um, to bring clean water to a community there, a, a coffee growing community. And, um, they just brought back incredible stories. I mean, it's it's as you described very hardworking people, um, very family oriented, um, just smiles, you know, optimism, and um, actually, we at Mirror are launching six new colors this summer. I believe maybe you've heard of this, and one of the colors is sort of inspired by. We named it Cascara. And it's inspired by this trip to Honduras that our, that our team took. And um, it's just, I don't know, travel, there's nothing like it. The perspective that you gain. Um, in, in this particular case, you know, clean water um, wasn't available to this community. And so they were actually even having trouble washing the coffee beans Um, they, that their water source, they believed was negatively impacting the quality of the coffee. And so now of course they don't have that problem, but I'm wondering what you've seen in Honduras, um, with the partners that you've worked with just in terms of water and access to it. And, um, I don't know, just kind of what that has looked like.
2: Yeah. I mean, they have, so there's a little town at the base of Santa Barbara. Well, there's a couple towns, but the one that I, we stay in is, is Peña Blanca, uh, and it's right next to a huge, amazing lake with fishing and, and it's, it's pretty uh, great as well as Santa Barbara mountain. Basically two thirds of it is all little small coffee growing communities. It's a really huge mountain, but then the very top third is actually national forest. It's protected. So there's a bunch of, uh, like there's a quetzals and all these birds that are amazing. People go up there. It's, it's, it's like a bird watcher's paradise, uh, but on top of that, because the mountain has a bunch of springs, so there's a lot of water access up on the mountain. They're really lucky beyond the lake, and I don't, I don't think they have great, you know, aqueducty pumping systems to take things elsewhere. But in general, for the very most part, there's consistently running water, and a lot of people, you know, do the they have the tanks, they collect the water and purify it themselves in these tanks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So water isn't so much the issue there. A lot of it is is poor roads transportation everybody it's all small which i i'm i think limpira we were supposed to go we have a couple of coffees that are from that area uh but it's it's a good three four hour drive and we were we got we got back like right before COVID hit here so it was like when we were there it was starting to get serious like a rut row (laughs) um so we didn't go to limpira and travel we just stayed on the mountain uh their biggest issues, though, is just so many small lot farmers, you know, five five bags total. Um, hmm. Actually, I'm looking at one right now. Juan Ramon Ponce, that's one of the ones from over in uh, Lempira area. That's our one. And we're getting ready to load some up in the roaster. Uh, anyway, the biggest issues are often like literally money to hire pickers when the coffee is fresh or even just available pickers. And if that's the case, there's a lot of scrambling and then transportation because you have to borrow cars especially now with covid uh and then poor roads and those those seem to be like the main things that people need to w- need help with uh beyond fertilization that costs money again and just ensuring that things like coffee rust or maybe having to replant pare Nemo which is a variety that is uh resistant to the the coffee rust fungus that has been terrorizing a lot of coffee nations uh mm. is those are the things that seem to be hitting the mountain the most
0: Mm. do you I, I think we talked about this on ig live but um early early covid there was a concern of just a glut in especially coffee and so you know it, was, it would negatively impact the farmers further down the road because we wouldn't be consuming as much coffee and i was kind of like we're going to find ways to consume coffee mm-hmm. i'm not too worried about that but i'm curious what do you, do you think um obviously habits have changed but do you do you think there's going to be a glut in especially coffee as far as like importing the coffee and just a lot of green coffee potentially going bad because it's sitting there or I'm just curious what you think about like the habits of coffee and covid
2: yeah i there's still a lot to be found that's a good question i mean based on my conversations with ben hamin they did have struggles but the struggles aren't getting rid of the coffee the struggle is that the coffee is going for under the price they planned for and that hurts the ability to pay the farmers what the contract well the typical contracts would be so that that part's really hard because it's again it's personal right it hurts his heart (laughs) for people to have to, to sell their coffee for 350 instead of 475 is a pretty a pound is a pretty dramatic difference when they're expecting 475 or more a pound so that that seems to be at this point for honduras and santa barbara mountain the main issues uh, we have heard of other things you know with exporting importing but at this moment the way that we're running there's not insane we don't have insane challenges because there's still plenty available the future is different though who knows with all the theoretical global warming etc more covid stuff i don't know i know that the quality's up and the production's up the buyers may be not able to pay what they used to pay based on the global pandemic mm. for the moment mm.
0: interesting and
2: yeah and that's a challenge obviously yeah for
0: sure What uh, i'm curious what percentage roughly speaking because you all have a, a unique model where you focus in on on honduras you obviously um carry some copies from some other regions but um i kind of like that you you all have kind of focused in on, on on honduras it seems very um counterintuitive in the sense that a lot of people want to kind of Roast from all over the world, source from all over the world. Um, what's kind of the philosophy there besides well, the relationships? And yeah. you
1: also named a roast after one of your farmers, which is really cool.
2: Thank you. Uh, it is coming again from trying to get outside of a box. So what story that is true and you're not, it's not just a marketing story. Can you tell about the coffees you have? And because we have true connective stories to these people we can talk about them with more honesty than we can talk about quote-unquote direct relationships because you met somebody one time through an importer mm. and while that's still cool and it's still valuable and it's still helpful there's a difference in what you can say without it feeling like you're trying to be marketing or yeah well you're trying to lead with marketing i should say so yeah a big part of it is that another part is we and it's always going to be a working process so obviously we don't get it right perfectly but the idea i always struggled with going to a cafe and the people love coffees from all over the place but they have four coffees from costa rica and all the baristas and the people are like you ask them like what's your what's your favorite and they're like all of them and they're like but which one and why and they're like they're all good they're all four different ones from costa rica what's the difference well this one is this and this one's that and There's not really a connection to it. It's just like, yeah, we got four Costa Rican coffees and I love them all. And They taste a little bit different. I don't actually know why you would pick one versus the other. So we started with this idea of just one coffee from one region so that we could just say, yeah, this is our favorite coffee from this region at this time until we can have true stories to tell. And then it's like, yeah, this is the story of Wilson Morales. And he's actually he works for the Forest Service and he wants to live on the mountain in Santa Barbara and he's using all of his money to, he bought this farm and this land and he planted coffee and he learned from Benjamin and he's in his, whatever, fifth year of production he planted over the last five years and he's working on building a house and he hopes to move his family up there. He comes up from San Pedro Sula, you know, et etc et cetera. I can keep going and going and going just about him. Damien Chavez moved to the United States illegally for five years, left his family of four, sorry, four kids and a wife it just such sad hard stories took him 30 some odd days to get to the united states and two hours to get back like and and all so that he could build a house and buy the land and send his kids to call you know it's just you want to support those people or do you want to support yeah this coffee is really good it's from costa rica we buy it direct trade mm-hmm. from whatever the velasquez brothers which is super cool and they're great but like that's all you know right right, right. <laughs> So building mm-hmm. actual there's a different
0: relationships yeah yeah it's um yeah
2: we go every year
0: yeah, our friend Propaganda, um, he has such an interesting um, and like tr- truly, I think, fresh perspective on specialty coffee about how, you know, oftentimes roasters just want to like put the farmer's name on there so that they feel better about themselves of buying coffee from, you know, the equator belt, which is around the U.S., or sorry, around the world, um, which is very far from the U.S., and it's typically in um, you know, poor countries. And so, you know, kind of this 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 ironic piece that there's not an actual relationship there, even though they're putting the farmer's name on it. It's just they met him once and actually building deep interactions takes time. It's harder to scale, but that's really what it should be about, is is about building relationships and like moving from transaction to interaction. Um uh, so I really I really admire Count Cloud for you for you guys kind of building those relationships and not just kind of label slapping, not leading with marketing, but leading, leading with relationships. And there's a nuance there. And and I think some people get it. Some people don't, but that's, I just love that
2: that model. Appreciate that. Yeah. And if they don't get it, that's okay. Cause at the end of the day, some people just want coffee <laughs> and that's also fine for our business. Yeah, But you know, that nuance of what you said is it's dramatic for those people who are empathic and, and are looking for authenticity. They're going to know the difference between the stage photo of the person you met one time with your arm around them, who you never see again. Yeah, <laughs> and the continued stories of like, oh, I remember this person. I'm gonna buy that coffee. I remember it year after year after year after year. Yeah,
0: yeah. I love, I love that. Well, uh, hopefully, you're getting to Honduras maybe this year, probably next year. Who knows?
2: Well, we got to go at the beginning before. So, yeah, so yeah, but, but out I do. Yeah, I I do hope to bring. In fact, we we before all this, we had talked about bringing our entire leadership team to honduras and it's it's on the books but not officially dated so we're we're actually going to take our all of our team leaders and cafe and and roastery leaders to honduras and and experience it oh that's awesome
0: well i hope um i hope sooner than later you're able to achieve that uh slight change of gears i'm curious the one and one. The one, and one
2: the one in one
0: what uh I did not know that you were the inventor of the one and one. I'm so yeah, I'm so excited. It's
1: on our menu here, right?
0: It, what's the deal? What's the one? It's like, oh, it's menu, it's menu. like off it's, menu. What's the no? I love it because the first time I uh, I had, it, I was like, this is brilliant. Like you can actually taste each part of. It's like a deconstructed latte. So I'm,
2: I'd love to know. Big idea, man. How did this come about? <laughs> half accident, half purpose. Uh, Chris and I, barista competitions, right? Everything's a single. And you have to do single cappuccinos and single espressos and, you know, most cafes don't do that in the States. So, I mean, the original thing is that he and I would in dialing in our coffees at Verve in 2010, you can actually probably go on YouTube and look up the one in one video and you can find us with our quote unquote HD camera uh, or even uh, on Vimeo truevaca.com and watch some very embarrassing videos of us from 2010 uh, including that one though. Uh, anyway, so when we would dial in our coffee, right, we wanted to not only make the espresso taste amazing as espresso, we wanted to make sure that it tasted optimized in milk. And so what we would do is we make a little single macchiato and be like, that's basically what a double cap's going to taste like, ratio wise, and drink the espresso. And we would just do that. Fast forward, we're going through barista competitions, and we were required to serve our barista like our signature beverage, cappuccino or espresso, afterwards at the cafe. So we do these events we get slammed and myself chris and sarah peterson who was competing for us for with us at the time she owns um scout coffee in santa barbara santa barbara in uh wherever that place san luis obispo slow yeah (laughs) we were all doing this event and essentially we ran out of saucers and so somebody ordered from me a single espresso and a single macchiato and there was one cappuccino saucer left and so i took the macchiato and i put it on there and then i was like i'm gonna balance this espresso right on the side of this cup leaning against this other cup and chris looked at me and he literally was like don't do it you're gonna spill it everywhere and i was like i'm not and i set the spoon on it and i walked it across and handed it to them and they're like whoa this is cool and two people beside him were like what do you call it chris and i love basketball i was like it's called a one-on-one and chris was like, yeah it's a one-on-one <laughs> and we made a video the next day and we launched it with our maybe it was like two days later but whatever that week we launched the video with our blog and within 24 hours it had like 1800 views and people were asking like in the uk hey can we use it do you want us to pay you for it and, we're, and we don't believe really in that whether it was a good call or not marketing business wise whatever we we're like no just use it so people started using one-on-ones in the uk within the first week and it just started there So now it's, you know, it's in, it's on G and B's menus. It's, you know, they have the one in fun and the one in the business and pleasure. And there's like a whole menu that people (laughs) have just taken it involved. And it's not, I mean, truthfully, dude, it's not insane. People were making single macchiatos and single espressos. They just didn't put it together and put a name on it. I just happened to do that. Mm -hmm. So lucky more than anything, but it caught and people use it. So that's kind of neat. I
0: love that. That's uh, yeah, it's kind of like our camp cup. We, it came after the old enamel grandpa's camp cup that was single wall and i was like i love the look of these i love camping i love all this but i hate that it's single wall and we just happened to be the first to make a camp cup we didn't invent the camp cup we just made it better
2: <laughs> you did make it better and i love that because i agree with you i those those original camp cups are so sick except for holding them and drinking on it <laughs> except for everything
1: except about for it. those parts And also the coffee (laughs) cools off in about two (laughs) minutes once it's
2: poured. So yeah, it goes from like way too hot to way too cold and there's no in between. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Uh, (laughs) Would you ever compete again?
2: I would love to coach people to compete. I don't know. There's you, if you want to compete, you have to have a reason and something to say that is relevant to that compete to, to the community at whole. And I just think, I believe more people in our, I'd like to take more of a backseat to that. I coached um, Nick Purvis from good coffee. I got to help coach him uh, whatever the year after I competed and he ended up going to the national finals. And I really enjoy helping others more than I like compete. I actually never liked competing myself. I did it to support the companies because I knew that I could help. And I did have things to say, but I didn't like it. I was nervous. I shook more than anybody. It's kind of a miracle I won considering, but whatever, it, I did. So I'm more creative and helpful and I'm a better coach than probably a competitor. I'm a better barista when I don't have to like be rein, reined in around rules and regulations of a competition. <laughs> yeah, so No, probably not, but I, I, could offer, I could offer some perspective and help that I think would get somebody a long way. And I, I'd like to have some people here compete if they felt comfortable and are ready.
1: Uh, well, and it's interesting that you mentioned as a, as a, um, like it within the competition, like you kind of need to have something to say about the community or like what it is that you're doing and you're, and now you're doing that through cat and cloud. And that message is probably reaching more people and it's probably more powerful anyway. So, and even just the way that you interact with the employees that you've hired. So. It's like you're knocking that part out of the park. So if you didn't love the the competition piece of it, then, you know, you can still do this other piece.
2: Thanks. Yeah, there's a drive for it still, but I don't think the drive is for me to do it. I don't, I don't, it would be more of a publicity stunt than a reason, you know, it literally would just be marketing at that point. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, Jared's going to compete. I was like, I don't even care to win. I don't. I care to have something to say. And the competition's about winning. I just don't. I don't see the need to need to win. (laughs) It doesn't change anything.
1: Yeah. Those championships are wild. We, I attended, (laughs) um, I don't normally attend trade shows, but I attended SCA, uh, last year, Boston, Boston. And they're so fun to watch and the pressure is on and it's cool. It's, it's a world I knew nothing about.
2: So. Yeah, I wish they could make it slightly more entertaining, but I agree with you. It is very cool and it's very hard and it's very, for the people who know and they are good, it's a level, a really high level of expertise. Definitely.
0: The uh, the nuance of coffee, I, the thing that I love about coffee is I think we're just scratching the surface on how people experience different flavors of coffee and the seasonality of coffee. Similar, you know, everybody knows that wine has you know, your roses are in the summer and your whites and your reds. And even within every single you know style, there's so many nuances of blends and every, you know, and, and people for a while have just thought that coffee is this commodity. You just drink it to, you know, wake up, so to speak. And I think finally people are experiencing it. Thanks to, you know, folks like you are actually preparing in a way that allow people to experience in a way that's, you know, approachable and nuanced and there's different flavors and different regions. And i have I'm so excited cuz the the flavor profiles of coffee are all over the place. I mean, you you swing just as wildly as as wine does, which is really exciting. But I super you know, agree with you. Yeah. But you
2: know that. There's so. I I just also think it's because we're so young, like we're still tip of the iceberg. I, I just I found so I've been, you know, COVID's allowed me to dive back into roasting and experimenting beyond what we like our our current philosophy and I found some things that are really impactful for what we'd like our coffee to taste for like dramatically surprised myself like feeling like i got lucky in just like applying cooking theories to what i can apply in this roaster and finding out that it works and so we are just i mean even down to how people roast it is so culty at this point that a lot of people just find what works and they're not even they're not going nearly as deep as we can go there's still so much to unpack it's exciting to me and i love that about coffee i agree it's it's we're going to have more rena- renaissances of sorts around coffee and it's going to be great. Totally. I, I'm even thinking post COVID that I think, you know how people have
0: like wine tasting parties and you know, maybe they'll hire an expert and they'll come and explain, you know, the wines at a party. I'm, I'm definitely imagining in the future that like potentially cafes or people who really know their stuff would like come over to a party and like do a coffee tasting and like you'd taste the nuances of different, different roasts and different flavor profiles. Cause it's such a like. <laughs> When you have those conversations with people who just consume coffee just to, to, to wake up or to have caffeine and it's like their minds are blown when they realize that these flavors, these, like it can taste floral and that's okay. Like it doesn't need to taste like rubber and tar and cream and sugar. Like they're like, if you want cream and sugar, that's fine. But there's all these wide ranging flavor notes. So mm-hmm. I'm certainly excited for, for it to continue to grow.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. I'm excited for it to become more of a, a normalcy as well. Totally. Totally. Alright, well we got some rapid fire questions
0: to wrap this up. Uh yes. you don't have to think too hard about them. Um and if you get them back. I not think not at all. Yeah, or not yeah, don't think it not at all. Um uh, <laughs> we had we had one the other day it was really funny where it was like uh don't uh don't sacrifice family for work instead of work for family. And we were like, Yeah, Beck was like, No, that's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I might be that guy today <laughs> like, for I sure. I do that that's all the what time. You meant. Yeah, I say what you mean. Um So question one, is it easier to go alone or together? You go farther together, you go faster alone. Amen. Uh, What is one belief that you hold that will never change? Take care of yourself so you can take care of others. Mm, Good one. All right, we got two fill in the blanks. Don't sacrifice blank for blank.
2: Anything for money. Hmm. Man, you're just on fire. Did you get the pre-read on this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope. Uh, what is one piece of knowledge you want to impart on the next generation?
2: Everything takes more time and deserves more hard work than the internet lets you believe. Oh, snaps mm. for that.
1: Yeah. How old are your kids? Are we about the same?
2: Uh, five and eight.
1: Oh, okay. You're further along. We're like four and almost two.
0: Yeah, we're still changing diapers. Well, we
2: just decided to pop out a kid after like no time being married. It was a super chill idea. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, this will be fun.
0: (laughs) Uh, Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Uh, Kids are great. Uh, Name one activity you turn to when you need to reset or kind of uh, get your mind right.
2: Uh, CrossFit or running. I love it.
0: Love it. Um, I got to try. We talked about running before. He has some techniques, babe, for me to oh, get really? my, my my mile time down. Nasal breathing, it's mm. the thing. Mm.
2: It, it hurts and it's good.
1: Where are you working out these days with gyms being closed? Do you have like a personal? Setup? Uh,
2: we I just had to turn my stuff back in to our gym because they're reopening. Got so, it. Um, I will probably get back there, but yeah, I've got some stuff at home. Yeah, yeah, it's a mishmash. Yeah, uh, yeah. How long? How long have you been doing CrossFit? Gosh. I think two and a half, almost three years. Okay. Three years. Yeah. Three years in August.
1: What's the worst CrossFit m- move in your opinion? Or- the thruster. Yeah.
0: Ooh, thrusters. I see. Secret- I Screw love a relationship with like, I love, I, I actually I would
1: them. way prefer a thruster over a snatch
2: though. Over a snatch? Yeah. I just don't like yeah, not overhead me. squats.
0: my wrists are like not <laughs> okay that too overhead squats
2: to me are the worst
0: yeah those are bad too they both suck yeah. those are the two <laughs> w-
2: movements that just ma- make me want to d- the thruster makes me want to die the overhead squat makes me want to fall over because I don't have flexibility for yeah. it
0: <laughs> <laughs> just face plant barbells flying everywhere like but idiot. you don't mind
1: <laughs> a, you don't mind snatching
2: no I love snatching you- I'm, I'm good at like the the <laughs> the movements that require like strength from like the hips and and and, and like torque I'm, I'm good at those I'm like power clean things where I have to go below parallel are hard sometimes, but yeah. yeah. So I guess I'd have to say the power snatch I enjoy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. That's fair.
2: I've
0: had, I've had two knee surgeries. And so the, um, I've had to like consciously put 70% load on, on my left side to rebuild the muscle. Cause it's just so much smaller and weaker. And, and that's extremely frustrating. So overheads, overhead squats, I'm just like, ah, I just, I'll just, I'll just do an air squat. Thanks. <laughs> yeah i'm good i'm good um well you may know uh mir is, a, is a kind of named after john Muir, uh muir who is the, the godfather mm-hmm. the father of the national park system obviously in california right in your your neck of the woods a uh, huge influence um so he obviously coined the phrase the mountains are calling and i must go so we we're always curious what people's blank
2: is so fill in the blank is calling and i must go oh man I'm supposed to not think about that one. That one actually is going to stump me because, uh, what is calling? an I must go. I mean, the go? roaster, what like is... you know, if you got to pull some. Oh some no, 18. that's too basic. That's too <laughs> basic. It would be called. It would honestly be like, uh, adve- it'd be adventurous. Calling and I must go. Heck yeah. That's true. That's the most true. There we go. Those are those are great answers. Uh, love it.
0: Love it. Love it. Uh, well, Jared. I love cat and cloud. I love your passion, your values, what you're doing to establish um, yourselves and especially coffee industry. It is very apparent that you have a heart for your team um, and the people of Honduras and those farmers um, that you've partnered with. So I, I, uh, I think one of my greatest um, enjoyments out of at least starting Mir and, and interacting is that we do get to partner with people like yourselves. Um, you know, the customer business is a huge passion of mine because we get to work with so many amazing business owners. And kind of get a glimpse into it so thanks for running a rad business and taking time out of your day to chat coffee and one-on-ones and all the all the things
2: <laughs> yeah thank you guys for putting out awesome products and, and putting art and care into your intention behind them it's sick absolutely right on well
0: people can find you on the ig's cat and cloud or is cat and cloud coffee on instagram yeah, it's Cat Cloud Coffee, no ands. Cat, Cloud, Cat coffee. Cloud Coffee, all one word. Is that the same for the website for delicious coffee subscriptions? Yeah,
2: and then weirdly enough, the website is catandcloud.com. catandcloud.com. All right.
1: <laughs> Just to keep us on our toes.
2: Keep us on our yeah, toes. Yeah, totally. We don't want to buy the Cat and Cloud one. I think somebody was smart enough to get that before we were actually open. <laughs> Suckers.
0: All right. Well, people, you can check out uh, subscriptions there. Uh, but again, thanks for taking time to hang out with us much appreciated take care y'all you too thanks for tuning in we will see you on the next episode